0: And welcome once again to Growing and Grace Together. I'm Joel breeze key And my special guest, uh, Jim Robbins. He has... Uh Stuck around with me to do another Growing a Grace Together program. Last time, of, well, of course, Jim Robbins. He's the author of Recover Your Good Heart, a wonderful book that I recommend to anybody and everybody listening. Uh, we have done a uh, earlier this year uh, an online Bible study. I guess it would be not really a Bible study, but a book study using the Recover Your Good Heart book as well as the study guide that accompanies it. And uh, we were doing this via Yahoo Messenger, and it was. I'm telling you, uh, friends out there, you know we spent I think ten or eleven weeks uh, doing this, and the, the 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 book, the the subject matter in the book, as well as the questions and the and the things that come up in the study guide, were wonderful for good conversation and, and you know helping people to understand their good and noble heart. And so I recommend the book and uh, all the stuff that Jim does. And so uh, Jim, it's good to have you here with me again this week.
1: Hey, thanks, Joel. My pleasure.
0: You know, we were talking about the good and noble heart. We defined the heart last time. You uh, you talked about how it's not the it's not the hallmark card type of thing, but it's really the essence of of who we are. And God has given us uh, this new good and noble heart. Our hearts are no longer deceitfully or uh, desperately wicked and deceitful above all things but they are good and they are noble and in our hearts in our in the essence of who we are in this union with God we share this life uh, with God and and he gives us some wonderful desires and Jim I have noticed in my own life before kind of coming into this understanding of of my new good and noble heart I was essentially afraid to trust my heart the things that I I knew were going on in my heart I and I was and I think part of it was that uh I knew that I also had fleshly desires and I I misunderstood what all that was about and so living in a fear I was afraid of uh of living a fleshly life and because of that I I also missed out on living uh, out of the desires that God has placed in my heart. Uh, so how would you address this when, you know, the whole issue of of desires and living in these, these desires that God has given us?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we have a false gospel, you're going to have a lot of fear like that. You're not going to know what to trust, because you're right, there are alternate competing desires. I mean, you have several sources of desire. You have the desires of our good hearts that Christ has given us when we said yes to Him. Then you have the desires of the world. Um, you have the desires of the the flesh, and different people define the flesh different way. If you want to say the old self, or if you don't want to use that terminology, whatever is still in a person, even a a new-hearted person that causes them to sin. So you have those desires. And then the enemy can whisper desires in, to you where well, you're going to think it's you. So you're right, there, there has to be discernment. But we even quote passages like, you know, the, you know Paul's passage, where, you know, your, your desires led you to this, which led you to this, which led in to disaster. So we, we take and we lump all desire and call it bad and untrustworthy which is sad because we've got to say well well, wait a minute why would then God say I will give you the desires of your heart why is God such a passionate being Um, there is nothing sort of stoic and duty driven by God at all God is a God who lives from the heart of desire Um, you, you can't be creative like God is and not have desire Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so the consequences of not being able to trust the good source of desire that is now in our new heart and I don't by desire I don't mean just the general now I want to be like Jesus kind of desires Mm -hmm. those are there you do want to be like him and you can be like him now but I mean the desires for let's say your calling or Mm -hmm. who you want to marry or a a whole host of other things that if you shut down those desires, which, by the way, the Church has, the Church shuts down desires and thinks that that's holiness and goodness, and it's not, because it's lumped all desires together, you're going to miss the very um, telltale signs and cues that God is giving you that are the desires of your heart. Um, For example, let's take the issue of calling if you don't know what the deep desires of your heart are for why you're here and the, the part you can contribute to the story you're going to then all you, all you have left is duty
0: mm-hmm exactly
1: okay, you know i guess i ought to sign up for this committee or geez, i guess god wants me to be a missionary in africa or Or whatever it is, you're you're not going to have those... You're going to miss those cues that God is giving you that are unique to you and that He needs you to follow. It's the invitation to calling is written in your desires. Mm -hmm. But that's just one example. But, I mean, I find desire being uh, um, integral to every part of my life. I'll give you an example. We just... I just moved my family a 1,000 miles. Um, Not, you know, they were with me on it. They didn't, you know, I wasn't against their will. But um, we really, my wife and I wanted to move to a different town, a different kind of a lifestyle, away from suburban chaos and all that. So we moved to a small town here in New England. And um, the house that we ended up renting, Turned out, initially we really thought, wow, this is a disaster, it's overgrown, it's a jungle in the yard, you can't even see the street, you can't even see the house from the street. It just looked like a disaster, but we were under time constraints, and that, that was the only option I was left with. Well, we ended up getting here, moved a thousand miles, and the guy cleaned up the yard, it looks brilliant, it looks, it looks great. It, really, it was un- an unexpected surprise. But then over the course of the last three months of being here, God starts showing me things like, um, you remember the trail that you can now walk to that leads you into the woods so you can get away from it all? Didn't you want that? When you were thinking about a house and, oh, yeah, and you can walk the town now, too. Didn't you want that? I mean, so this <laughs> constant, wait a minute, Jim, I mean, God's trying to get me back to my desires. Mm-hmm. So that's just a couple of examples. If you don't have desire, if you can't trust your desires, and begin to allow God to call them out, you're going to miss your cues for the very things you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like how you had had said uh, to start all this. You had, you had talked about God being a God of desire. I think a, a, we a lot of us start off with even that. You know a wrong view there, thinking, well, God, he's just this, he's just this God out there who had some people write some instructions in a book and and call it the Bible, and now we're supposed to live by these instructions. But God is a very passionate God, a very desi- desireful God. He has his own desires, and and like him, he's made us to have lots of desires, and and those are good. Those are really good things, and so. uh you know, instead of it being about duty, instead of it being a, a a life of just looking to the instructions, the instruction manual that some people call it, um, which I don't really believe it's an instru- really meant to be an instruction manual at all, but we can understand that we are creatures, we are creations of God who were created like him to have desires and to live from that and and the key to it i i believe and i think you would agree and and we can talk about this is is the new heart the very fact that we've been made a new creation we've been made uh, the essence of who we are has entirely changed and that's that's what we're living out of and it's a there are all kind it's a multifaceted type of thing it's not just uh a matter of of uh, trying to figure out what to do, but it's really living from these desires, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, can you imagine saying to your wife, Honey, let's go out for dinner tonight. You do, you do it up big, you get the roses and all that kind of stuff. Just uh, And you say, Honey, the reason why I'm doing this is because it's my duty to you as a husband.
0: <laughs> the Bible tells me so. I'm right, supposed to love you. The Bible tells
1: me that this is what I need to do as your husband. I... I can't imagine either of our wives really being engaged by that or feeling that there was anything unique or captivating about them. Um, and it's the same with God. God. God says, you know, return to me with all your heart. Well, it's not this return to me out of duty and obligation. Uh, I mean, even with children, the sweetest times with our kids is when they come to us and without coaxing, without any prompting, wrap their arms around us and say, Daddy, I love you. It's not because they want anything, it's not because they're pressured to do it, they do it out of desire. It's the same with God. God doesn't want this robotic obedience. Right. um, Which is why he had to recreate our heart, including the desires of our heart, so that now we can come to him and we really do want him, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when we're um, ticked off at God, we still at our core being, want God and all that he's put into our hearts mm-hmm
0: yeah and and um I I have a personal story that I there I don't have time at all to go in deeply into it but just in my own marriage you know speaking of this this whole idea of it being about duty versus being about living from the heart but a few years ago and I've shared this publicly mostly in writing I don't know if I've ever really talked about it publicly so I'll be brief about it but my wife and I went through a time and and I was doubting my love for my wife I was wondering you know uh, why in the world we were married now it was I wasn't against her I just was I just was going through this time of doubt and um, I came to understand through some really good counseling that I love my wife tremendously but my problem was that I was hearing in church every week all of these uh, duties and, and principles and rules of how to be a good Christian husband and I desperately wanted to be that husband for my wife but uh, that th- that pressure to perform that pressure to be that good christian husband i just wasn't able to do it and so i started to begin to think i that i don't love my wife because i'm not able to uh, be everything that i want to be for her and so uh, there is that that pressure to perform that pressure to to just simply live by Christian duty, uh, versus the whole idea that uh, we have, uh, you know, I ended up understanding that I have great desire for my wife, and I love her tremendously. When I was able to let go of the duty, and the rules, and the instructions, you know, the instructions, I think, are there for a reason, and and we can glean some stuff from that, but mostly uh, our marriage turned around big time when we let go of all of that and just started living from our hearts.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really important, you know, as as you tell that story, I mean, it's really important, I, I guarantee people are hearing, but what if I just don't feel like I love my wife, or feel like I want to follow God? And the problem is, you may not feel like it, but that's not the real you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whatever is not feeling like it, that's the old self, that's, or the flesh, or however you want to term that, That's that's not you. Your real heart, your true heart, even if it seems buried under layers of other stuff and competing Mm -hmm. desires, you really do love, and you do love well. So there's this objective versus subjective reality. The subjective reality is what we tend to um, hang our hat on, in other words, our subjective experience is something. In other words, I'm not feeling like I love well, or I'm not feeling like I follow God well. But that's the subjective experience, the objective of experience, and it's not this clean rationalism, but the object of experience is, no, what's really true? The true heart really does love well. The true heart has the capacity to love and live as Jesus loves and lives, and, and relate well. So we got to keep that in mind that the true self is in the objective reality that never will change. You are a new person with new desires, and you are able to relate well. I mean, I remember even as I was praying for my kids once um, one night, I always kind of pray the Lord help me to connect with the heart and, and that kind of thing, and in my prayer I was assuming that I wasn't doing that well, that I wasn't reaching my kids. And God kind of whispered over my shoulder, well, wait a minute, Jim, you are. You are loving them well. Now, perfectly? No. But that wasn't the point. Right. The point was that God was saying, wait a minute, Jim, your heart is good towards your kids. So if, yeah, as we can, you know, tell our stories, um, I always have to keep that distinction between, wait, what am I really depending on to to see reality? The subjective, experiential, well, I may or may not be feeling and those feelings are fickle. Uh it's not that they're not important, but the true reality is no, I do really love well and my desire is for God, is for others.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah now, uh Jim, what I'm really getting out of this conversation is the whole idea let's uh let's rest, let's relax and, and let's peel away these you know all this all the these layers these layers of, of junk that has been built on top of the of the truth. You know, the religion and uh and everything, all all the lies that uh, take away from the reality that we are, like you're saying, we do love because the love of Christ is in us. That is the nature of our heart. That is what God has given us. Because people can walk around with a lot of, as we talked about before, lots of shame, lots of doubt, lots of wondering. And it's not because they don't have love. It's not because they don't have a brand new heart, but it's because all this other junk has been piled upon it. And so I'm, I, I, you know, uh, this conversation is freeing for me and hopefully for a lot of other people too. And I I sure appreciate all your sharing about the heart. Uh, anything, anything else that you would like to uh, share with people as we wrap things up?
1: Uh, no, um, just... Um you know, I'm going to maybe make a somewhat of a bold statement that some people might disagree with, but
0: that's all right.
1: You know, there may <laughs> there may be some people asking, "Well, what if I'm in a fellowship or a church or a context where this message of the new heart is not is not taught, or worse, where sort of a false gospel of guilt and shame and spiritual pressure to measure up is taught? What do I do?" And my response is first you have to ask God, you have to ask God. And um, you, there may not be actually many places of good counsel to go to, because you may be surrounded by um, counsel that says, oh no, your job is to stay in church and support the pastor, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what he may ask you to do. For some people I know, good friends of ours, he's had them stay for a while because there was something that he wanted to do to give them strength for future mission. Um, It wasn't an act of cruelty, it was an act of continuing rescue in their lives and their hearts. Mm -hmm. But for some of us, he may say, I want you to leave. And um, that may be hard for some people to hear, because we've so closely identified our, our, our self, our meaning, with a particular local assembly, instead of Christ himself. So, uh, you know, for those who are struggling and at the point where they're thinking, what do I do with this? Uh, I'm surrounded by teaching that really is, is taking my heart out, sabotaging it. Um, first, you really have to ask God, do you want me to stare? Do you want me to go? And it, it's different for different people. But, you know, be willing to go. You know, be willing to go. because, And know that you're not alone. There are a lot of other people who are hungry to get back to the the true offer of Jesus and their new identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do I do encourage anyone who's listening that if if any of what Jim is saying there, if it resonates with you, do indeed bring it up with God. You know, to ask him about it. I, I've been through it. I know many of our listeners have been through it. I went through a period where he told me to stay, and, and it was I knew that I knew that I knew that that's what he was doing, and then there came a time when he released me, so to speak, to use that word, and, and I've been out of that setting for two and a half years now and i've been growing tremendously and so just do indeed do listen to to the holy spirit listen to what your heart is telling you in all this and, and that is i think a really good word well jim uh it's been great spending these two programs with you jim robbins uh the good and noble heart again jim could you tell people where they can go to find out about the good and noble heart and about uh with your blog and your uh, good and noble heart community and all that
1: Sure. Um, you can go to my blog, which is sort of a hub for all the my online online activity. Um, my blog is robbinswritings. That's robbins with two b's, writings. dot com. And I have links to my Facebook, but I also have links to um, the Good and Noble Heart community, and I have one of those on the Ning network, which is kind of a social media networking site. And also the Good and Noble Heart page on Facebook, where we have a lot of great discussion and interaction. So there's a place for you to develop more relationships, connect with others who are also interested in recovering their new heart or or living from what they've now realized is already there.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jim, and we'll see you out there in the online world.
1: Hey, thanks, Joel. I'm really grateful. Thank you.
0: All right, you bet. Take care now.
1: Yep, bye-bye.